Are you ready again? Don's Pinball Podcast episode number 70 is now loading. All seats are boarding, all calls, all rows. Get on in here. I got some information about Mystery Pinball Company. Also, there's a Steve Ritchie interview. Not by me, but by the pinball profile. Let's go. everybody what's going on get on in here grab your carpet square it's time once again to spend some time with your boy don if you're getting ready for a run mr danny get your uh, laces tied up there and your new balances let's hit the trail see if we can do a full 11 miles again what's going on i'm so happy to be back on the recording episode and we got some news here finally man been a slow week i've been sitting there hitting refresh on my uh, podcast servers uh just looking for any other information man pinball party where you at man nobody's out there is there another pinball show this monday did not happen but some good things have come out now let's get caught up first with the uh the, the first news item that I want to discuss. So this mystery pinball company, right? The guys with the uh, exclamation sign uh, sticker that have been leaving at expos, been leaving at arcades. I saw it at Electric Bat. Anyway, they went and did a photo dump from their factory. So there's games in production, and I think they're getting closer to doing a release. Now, we don't know much about this company other than I think there's some guy, George, that's emailing things. Some things came across into my Gmail address. It got posted up on Nap Arcade. It's been going everywhere. Bit of a media blitz. Now, we still don't know when we're going to expect to see more from this company. Makes it a little bit mysterious. So if this company goes by any other name other than Mystery Pinball, I think it's a missed opportunity. What do I know, though? Maybe they've got a, a great name already planned up, like, you know, like super awesome Lion Man pinball or something. I mean, probably something I would go with. Anyway, you know, I know they're not going to call it Don's Pinball Company, but Mystery Pinball, man, wouldn't that be cool? Maybe I can make that mine if they don't end up using it. So one of the most revealing uh, photos they had, you know, I mean, they had photos of cabinets that were up on dollies, which look like they're pretty professionally made. It looks like laminated plywood cut together on a CNC machine. I love the design. They did some close-up pictures of some mechs. They have uh, parts and boxes and things. They put their logo up. But the most telling photo was the one of the underside of the play field of what is presumably uh, this new game that they're making. So we can do some speculation, which is fun. I love doing the speculation. The speculatory aspect of this, purely speculating is what we're doing. Starting at the bottom of the play field from the back of the game. It looks like they're going to have a magnet in there. Um, and, you know, your boy loves magnets. I can't see, like, you know, it's hard to tell if there's mounts for upper play fields and things. All we got is the bottom of a play field. Some inserts are missing, though. Um, some of them are kind of big. Looks like they could be for scoops. So there's a potential there could be a subway that's not installed here yet, uh, potentially. But there is a magnet up there, as well as some boards, uh, some mechanisms, some vertically oriented coils, probably for, you know, for Vux or ball ejects or some such thing. Um, there's another, looks like another flipper up in the midfield, which when this thing's flipped over, that would be up on the right. So I think we're looking at a what could be a three flipper game. Uh, two traditional flippers down at the bottom. I don't see anything like, you know, huge and extraordinary on here, but there are a lot of vertically oriented coils. Um, so for, you know, pop-up pins, locking pins, retention pins, Vux, or some such, um, as well as what looks like another magnet in the mid-play field, which has me a little excited because it's right adjacent to what I think is a midfield flipper. So uh, I was playing some kind of ridiculous game on my VP that someone recommended, Roller Games. Um, Y'all played that one. What a, just a ridiculous, silly theme. I think it was by Steve Ritchie, actually, too. 
Um, but the cool thing about it, though, there was a magnet right in front of a mid-play field flipper that would uh, grab a ball and hold it and then tell you, you know, don't flip. And then as soon as it held on that magnet, it was like, all right, now go. It was like pinball T-ball, man. It just teed it up for you, and then you could just hit right up a ramp or something. So, I mean, that was a redeeming factor of the game. Uh, the music was cringe AF, yo. It was not bussin', as the kids say. Um, but other than that, I love that mechanism that was on there. And here I see a magnet. It looks like it's adjacent to a flipper. Magnets are fun in pinball, so I can't wait to see more. When are we going to see more? I would presume Expo. Expo's in a couple of weeks now. Um, yeah, we're coming up into the last week of September. And so then uh, October is when Expo is. So three to four weeks we may see more of a reveal. Are they going to hold on to all their cards until Expo, or are they going to give us like a release date or a teaser or something? What's the theme of this game? There's really no clues from what I can tell. Some internet sleuths have uh, found some references to uh, potentially Frankenstein, uh, which would be an, an open source IP, I would imagine. So not a bad place to start, especially for Mystery Pinball Company, right? Mystery Castle, Godzilla, not Godzilla, Frankenstein, right? Uh, ooh, ooh, what if it's young Frankenstein? That would blow my freaking mind. Uh, so there was one clue on the, the photo of their logo. Your friend will raise the roof. What the heck does that mean? Is this going to be a, a you know, house party kid and play pinball machine based on 90s rap like I am dreaming about? Um, is it somebody raising Frankenstein up to the roof to get shocked by electricity? There are magnets in the game. Um, and a bunch of uh, what looks like uh, light boards scattered around and a lot of uh, vertically oriented coils. So um, yeah, there's, this is going to be mechanistically uh, interesting. I don't think we're just going to see a simple play field here. Um, you know, no Jetsons and just drop targets. So we'll see. We'll see. Will it be a killer app game or, or not? Otherwise, you know, who knows? But I will say they have at least one, two, three, four, five, six, six cabinets that they've shown. Uh, no back boxes on them. They look like empty cabinets. There's no graphics on them. But I hope this means that when we get a reveal, there'll actually be games in boxes ready to move out. That would be fantastic. None of this, you know, go ahead and order now, $5,000 non-refundable deposit, and then you we're planning on getting your games out by the end of the year, uh, and then it ends up being end of the year 2024 into 2025, you know, dragging on. Hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully there's a cool topper, too. But we should learn more about these people. Where are they even located? They've been keeping this pretty well under wraps. Like most games that come out, um, there's enough speculation, enough leaks that we kind of have a good idea of what's coming out. So I guess I'll segue into what's coming out from Jersey Jack Pinball, right? Chicago's finest, or uh, among them anyway. Um, current makers of The Godfather, right? That game. So Pinball Profiles, Mr. Jeff Teolis, the person that I know I'll finally know that I've made it onto the scene when I appear on that show, just posted an interview he did at Pintastic with none other than uh, Mr. Black Knight, Steve Ritchie himself, Shower Khan, the voice of Mortal Kombat, Steve Ritchie, right? Wild hair, even better sunglasses, clean shaven, keeps it cut and dry, but he's wild on top. Him and Jack Winery, JJP himself, uh, both appeared in like a 20-minute interview. So go check out that episode. I listened to it in its entirety today. was very fantastic uh, uh, and good to listen to. So uh, And his interview style is great, and his voice is better than mine. And man, I'm just a fan of the Jeff T. Olister. And maybe it's because he's Canadian and I'm partial to that business. Anyway, so there weren't any like huge drops or reveals or anything during it, but it was interesting to hear him talk to Mr. Steve Ritchie, kind of about his process, and he did speak a bit about his upcoming game. So it is confirmed, Ritchie's game is next, coming from JJP, they alluded to that. Um, he also said that he was unrestrained, right, and that was one thing that Jack wanted to do. 
uh, Mr. Steve Ritchie, like, come over here and we don't want to pull anything off of your build of materials. But it doesn't sound like he's just a nut that wants to drive up cost of, you know, making a game. He says he really likes to look at, you know, what the operator would benefit from a game that would compel players to put more quarters in, which would benefit the operator. Uh, but to do that, you'd have to make a good game that people want to come back and play. Um, also, a game that's not so brutal. You know, he talked about the process of uh, working with the coders and asking them to, you know, place an, uh, an extra ball feature, like a certain, certain depth into the code. Like as far as he could play where he's like, you know what, I've played this far. I kind of need an extra ball. This is around where we should have it. It was kind of cool hearing that input from him. Also, to make a game that's not so brutally difficult that you know people don't want to come back and play, but something that's compelling enough that it will bring in people for operations, but also deep enough that the average player can get some satisfaction out of there. And the tournament guys that are pros that just, you know, wizard mode every game the first time they play it, he said they're just going to have to, you know, deal for themselves. So I did like that perspective that he was given. Um, we didn't get a release date or anything. Um, and then, you know, they gushed about Godfather for a while. And yeah, you know, uh, Great movie, I guess. You know, it's been uh, you know, heralded as such. I think it's more to do with the time that the movie came out and the 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 depth of the filmmaking and the techniques that were used and how they inspired filmmaking going forward and storytelling. Not so much about the characters, because like looking, I mean, at today's lens, you know, I didn't see The Godfather in antiquity back in the seventies or eighties when it came out, but watching now, the main character is really unlikable, and and maybe that's by design, and that's why it's such a compelling piece of work. You know, but this guy, like, has to flee the country, you know, because he's uh, being hunted, right? And then, uh, you know, he finds some underage girl in some random village in Italy and then, like, takes her away from his family and then marries her, brings her to the States, and then, like, treats her terribly. Like, that's kind of cringe in today's lens. But maybe that's, uh, you know, for the, the story of that character. Maybe we're not supposed to identify with this guy. Maybe we're supposed to, you know, be wary of him. Maybe it's a cautionary tale. Uh, regardless, uh, that scene didn't seem to translate into the pinball machine. Um, but you know, they gushed about it for a while. It's out there. It's available. Um, they commented actually on the price of all things, which, you know, we kind of see as being a little bit over and the market is adjusting. Uh, they, uh, one thing that Jack said that as an operator, he was never concerned about the cost of the machine. He was concerned about how much the machine was bringing in, you know, referencing a, uh, uh, like Daytona GP or some racing game that was $3,500 in the eighties or some such, and that it was bringing in $500 a week. And so it didn't matter what the cost of the machine was because it was making it back. Um, and he was saying, you know, these games do hold their value, even Guns N' Roses, which is trading at around $8,500 now off at $11,000 purchase price MSRP. So I don't know, maybe if you made, you know, four grand in operations and then were able to get $8,500 for it, you'd, you'd get it back, but made whole. But check out uh, the, the pinball profiles there, Jeff Teolis. Great episode. Always fun to spend some time with the Richie man, right? Shao Kahn himself, man. I'm such a fan. Um, so are we going to see a new game revealed at Expo from JJP? I still think that is possible. Um, you know, given that uh, the Godfather CEs are in production, how many more months are they going to have to build those? And then they'll need to put another game on the line. Are they, are they coming up soon to the 1,000 units? Are they somewhere in the middle? Who really knows? Um, otherwise, you know, if you want yourself some Chrome uh, accoutrement for the legs, you can go ahead and buy those. Check your distributor. They're selling out the, uh, the, the limited edition accessory package with the topper and whatnot. 
All right, so I want to take a moment to congratulate some of the winners from last week's live stream on Friday. I've been doing Friday night live streams, um, and I like to give stuff away. I give out two T-shirts and a sticker pack to three different people. Um, you know, we were playing, like, random numbers, like, guess the number that I drew on the paper, and, you know, we took the winners, and they're, they're all getting their stuff. Um, otherwise, some of the uh, Patreon supporters that have asked for the new stickers, they went out in the mail today, so be sure to grab those. Anybody else, if you still want to order, just at me. Just email me. Um, let me know uh, where you're at. At, where you want it sent we'll work out some pricing details or whatever no big deal but you know thanks your shirts are in the mail everybody that won on friday so friday night i did a live stream from location i was at district one pinball district one brewery uh it's my local pin bar right where they host uh, tournaments it's an official stern location there's about 10 games there and they among everybody else just got their venom pro so, you know, I went against my my word that I wanted to try to avoid it until I got my own, and I took the wife down there to go play Venom. And so we had a great time uh, playing Venom down there. Someone was blowing it up and already getting, you know, scores in the the, the mid-billion, right, you know, 500 million or so. Um, I was able to log in, and uh, that was my first time playing the game, actually, with Insider Connected and logged in and leveling up. And I got to say, like, playing the pro again, um, you know, with my wife there and, and everybody else, it's a fun game. I, I still think the premium is the way to go, especially because that horseshoe shot is so big and empty um, but the game is fun to play uh, when you do choose your character though you're not changing the layout on the pro you're changing the rules as they say so you know that is what it is I think it's still a fun shooting game I don't think it's you know what everybody is like you know wishing is going to be underneath their Christmas tree this season I think we're waiting for the next from Stern which should be a big you know a, a big lump of, of juicy delicious pinball gold man not coal we're getting gold next gold is coming so um, you know, but playing Venom was fun. It was fun to be there on that live stream too and just walk around, talk to everybody. After we did the giveaways, the craziest thing happened. It turned into an impromptu interview uh, with a local machine operator who, as it turns out, had a, uh, a fundamental uh, involvement in the planning and building and design process for none other than American Pinball's Galactic Tank Force. GTF! So I got to talk to him a bit about like the production process. Apparently, the uh, prototype for the game uh, spent quite a bit of time in this guy's basement about 30 minutes from where I live, which is kind of blowing my wig back that like GTF was sitting there in a basement somewhere being worked on and thought up. Um, one thing he revealed to me, and I wish... American Pinball would have led with this. So the tank version of the game has that turret that's up on the top, right? So when you fold the game up, it looks like a tank. Uh, well, the turret itself has some red plastic at the tip, you know, to symbolize you know, cannon fire or something. Well, that tip of that cannon is built out of stacked uh, plastic tops from, pun from pinball pop bumpers. And, you know, I, I, the story was when he first got to the game, uh, there was some sort of just red light flashy plastic on it. And he was like, no, no, wait, I think we could do something better. And, you know, he's got some design skills and he took some red plastic pop bumper caps and stacked them. And that's actually what that tip of the turret is made of. That's really cool. That turret has pinball parts in it. It's pinball themed. It's a pin tank, okay? I don't know. I still to this day don't know why American Pinball didn't lead with, here's a reveal. Here's a story of the game. Here's who the characters are. Here's what you're trying to accomplish. And, oh, by the way, the tank that we have that we're charging uh, you know, $11,000, $12,000 for has a turret made out of pinball pop bumpers. So at least, like, that kind of makes some sense. Um, that's pretty cool. I would have wished that I wasn't today years old when I learned that. 
So that was fun. Had a great talk with Ed there, and I'm hoping for some more collaborations uh, in the future. Uh, also, this is the guy that made the Ghost in the Shell homebrew and, and brought it to Expo. Like, I played his game, and now I just met the dude randomly while I was hanging out in the local arcade, blowing my mind. That was his Venom we were playing, it turned out. So I made some good connections, and I've got some ideas for some collaborations and some projects in the future that are going to utilize, hopefully, this guy's uh, many, many skills. We're going to delve deep into that well of skills that this guy has. Um, so, you know, my thoughts on Venom, playing it again. I love the art on the Pro. I think if you have this game on location in your home, that art's going to shine. I don't like the plastic apron. I really wish it had the metal one. Um, I'd have to upgrade that myself. I don't know if I could live with a plastic apron. I don't know. I want the features. But then I don't think I would own the Pro Venom unless I had an arcade. If you have an arcade, this is a great location. If, you know, that's your price point, you're going to get a game that's fun to play. Um, go beat Null. Go beat Grundle or whoever. Um, it shoots fine. It's fun. I do like the, uh, the, the, the carnage on a matchbox car mech. Um, you know, it's fun for what it is and I can't wait to explore the code more code up. They just dropped uh, 0.91 is where they're at. And it looks like it didn't add any gameplay features or gameplay modes, but was a lot of bug fixes and bug fixes. I think is what Emily is fearing because she just blew that game up like five, 6 million points or something with some exploit that she found. And that may have just gotten destroyed. We'll have to hear back from her. Um, but I hope it hangs around long enough till I get the game so I can at least put a GC up there that's respectable uh, when I get the premium. So that should be coming soon. From production updates, what we know is the LEs will be run next, um, going into this week and next week, I would assume. I kind of think when we see the Friday Live from the new Stern Factory, we're going to see the LEs finally on the line and made, which is great because as soon as those are done, that's when I get my premium. They're supposed to be run the first week of October, which means like by the end of the week or the second week of October, I may be unboxing another game down here and I need to make some room. And luckily, uh, Spooky came through giving me my replacement parts I needed to make Halloween pristine for the new buyer. So I'm excited about that. Uh, we'll switch out. We'll still have space down here. We won't be overrun with pinball machines down here uh, just yet. What else do I have for you? Oh, I just did an unboxing video as a Facebook Live. Uh, that's on the Facebook page right now. I got a lot of mail uh, today, about six different boxes. Um, and I unboxed a bunch of stuff. Got some stuff from Sticker Mule. We got some new coasters. If you like one, email me. I'll hook you up. It's fun to have a Don's Pinball Podcast drink coaster on your coffee table. I think everybody should have one. And I think I have one for everybody. So email me if you'd like to get one. We'll work out some details. Um, I also got uh, a banner. Let me talk about that for a second. Um, so th there, there's been some controversy in the industry here. Um, you know, Basically, it boils down to people like pinball banners for their game rooms. Um, Stern Pinball, large company, they make pinball banners, but they don't make pinball banners to sell anymore. And so now they're unavailable. So some entrepreneurial people have taken upon themselves to get some art together and print up their own banners and offer them for sale online. These have been on Pinside for ever like as long as i've been in pinball you've been able to go up there and get banners of dubious quality but uh you know they're available um i remember when i went on pin side i bought an elvira house of horrors banner i was so excited i thought maybe this is one of the original stern ones that you know was 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 hard to get i think i paid something stupid like 160 dollars or something i talked the guy down to and i got it and it's obviously a reproduction made by somebody else it's a bootleg uh that i bought they're still available on pin side right now 
Um, you know, so it's not the same, quite the same size. The stitching is only single. Um, it's still a you know, serviceable enough banner. Um, you know, and I, I would have bought one from Stern had they been available. Um, I'm hoping that's something that they revisit in the future. But for right now, if you want to get these banners, like the only place to get them is through, you know, third hand uh, people who are putting art together and printing banners and exchanging them for money online as adults do. So, you know, some people think that that is, you know, intellectual property infringement and must be stopped. And my take on it is that, you know, if you are the IP holder and you want to take that on yourself, I, I think that's your right. I think if you're working with the IP holder and you want to protect your relationship and you, you think it's worthwhile, have at it. Um, everybody else, you know, thank you for your opinion, but you know, you, you're really kind of white knighting it is, is my take on it. Now, you know, don't, don't at me. Um, you know, I get what you're saying. Your, your opinion's not wrong. It, it's valid, but you know, I don't see this as any different as when I go down to Myrtle Beach, South Carolina or Kissimmee, Florida, and there's a t-shirt shop, you know, five t-shirts for 20 bucks and it's every licensed character you want. Uh, some of them with marijuana leaves on them. You know, it, that's just, it, it's, it's a known thing that happens, you know, adults exchange money for things that adults want. And if that's what it is, so I don't really have a comment on that per se, but I have Venom banner showed up. So I'm going to, if I keep it, I'm going to pay for it. Um, if not, I will give the thing away to a winner or somebody that wants it. I will say that I do like the art on this. Um, I think it's better than the official Stern one. And that may be due to limitations that are placed by a license holder. And that might be why some Jimmy's are rustled. Uh, that's just my take on it. Otherwise, I bought a product from Pinball Adventures, makers of the Punny Factory, makers of Elements, future makers of First Class, a game that I can't wait to get my hands on. It's about commercial aviation. I hope it lives up to everything that I think it should be because um, I'm a big fan of that space. Anyway, um, I bought the Pinball Boost, and I'm going to review the thing once I get a chance to use it. But basically, this is a device that is meant to make it much easier to take your game from the vertical shipping position to the four legs on the floor lifted up position without totally wrecking your back and needing to get a spinal fusion or a laminectomy or discectomy with graft or something, right? So it's a two-part system, which basically has a curved piece of uh, powder-coated metal that goes underneath the machine when it's vertical. You put the front legs on, and then you use this quarter-rounded uh, cut metal to rock your machine forward onto the front legs in, in an easy, controlled manner. Once it's there, it's lifted up off the floor by about 8 to 10 inches, and you're able to put this inflatable air bladder underneath it, turn on the fan, and it'll expand and lift up the back of your game high enough that you can then just leisurely attach the back legs, deflate the bladder, and then your machine is set up. So if this works the way that I'm thinking... I'm going to use this every single time I go and stand a game up. Now, I'm not receiving compensation from Andrew McBain or from Pinball Adventures. You know, I talked to this guy. I independently went. I knew about this device. And after setting up and tearing down Lebowski a few times, I'm really thinking there's got to be a better way. There must be a better way to do this without, like, needing to have my back worked on, right? My muscles were a little bit sore after, you know, manhandling the thing myself. Um, so I'm going to try this thing out. I'm hoping to do a video about it. I'll put it up on the YouTube as a review and you guys can see what you think. It retails for $180, uh, us. He shipped the thing to me. I am going to set it up and try it. And I'm really excited about it. 
Um, other things, I unboxed some some new uh, camera arms I, I got from Amazon, um, and I opened up my uh, Big Lebowski sculpt. Thanks again to Dutch Pinball for sending that to me. I love you guys. I want to come and visit. I've been invited to the Netherlands to swing by next time I'm there, so I think that'll happen probably around the time that we get the reveal of the topper for the Big Lebowski that Lior is working on. I don't know what timeline that's going to be. Uh, hopefully, they, they give me a heads up, but I'd like love to come out there for the review. I think that would be fan-phenomenal. Fantastic. <laughs> Uh, plus, I dig the Netherlands anyway, man. It's a cool place with a cool vibe. And the big cities, you can take a bicycle around every, anywhere. Public transportation is everywhere and fantastic. The food rules. The language is hard for me to perceive, even though it's supposed to be one of the easiest languages for a native English speaker to learn. Um, but I haven't cracked the code yet. But I do love being in the Netherlands. Love the Dutch people. I always have a good time when I go out there. What else? I don't know if I have anything else then for you for episode number 70. Thank you for joining me here along the way. Um, go ahead and email me at donspinballpodcast at gmail.com. Go to the Facebook page and click a follow. I'm way up over 500 followers. I love each and every one of you. I'm pushing for 1,000. That's my next stretch goal. Um, you know, my, my impossible stretch goal was going to be 100 episodes of Don's Pinball Podcast, and I think we're going to get there. We're 30 away. We might even get there this year. Give me an air horn. <laughs> I want to air horn for that. So thanks everybody for joining me once again. Let's hit that extra music. Drop me an email, drop me a like, jump on the Facebook if you might. Give me some stars if you're feeling large. I'm not going to beg because I'm not a Drake. So there you go. A little bit of rap for you at the end there. Have fun, everybody. I hope you love the episode. I'm going to keep bringing the heat. Uh, keep following the Facebook page because I drop in for lives randomly, baby. That's what we do. That's what we do here at Don's Pinball Podcast. Order some crap. Email me. I'll send it to your house. Later.